I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Does Not Exist. Ooh. <laughs> you sound like you're underwater. I don't know. I might be. <laughs> what are you doing in your story oh, we're today? Oh, no, we're not in the water today. No? No, no water today. Can I tell you something? Of course you can. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. Is to hold each other hostage and tell each other things. Yeah. I must inform you, though, that I am... I am nervous today because you promised me creepy things and then you texted me last night like, dude, I'm so excited. And I was like, cool. So I've got my emotional support pillows. Yep. You have your coffee. I do. Although that probably, that won't probably be helpful. It's not comforting. It's more of an adrenaline inducer. <laughs> It'll just make it more intense. <laughs> And, you know, if you need to pass me a blanket, you can. I mean, would you like a blanket right now? Not at the moment. Okay. We'll see if I need to hide at any point in today's episode. You're going to need your blanket. Oh, no. All right. Well, you know what else we need? Yes? We need our friends, family, foes, and listeners to go on to our Instagram and follow us, first of all. Share the post for this episode so that other people can listen. But also download our bingo card from the link in bio and play. I uh, I believe we don't currently have Emma Make Shannon Cry on the bingo card. Um, Feel free to write it in. <laughs> free space. Because <laughs> it'll probably happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to preface this with my apologies. Because if I say I'm sorry, Shannon's going to... Yep, that face. Shannon's gonna yell at me. Um, but this is a this is a case that I've been wanting to do for a while. Mm -hmm. um, it relates a little bit to our own endeavors of like eventually having a home of our own. Um, not together necessarily. <laughs> I was like, clarification, you and Chandler, yes. not you and me. Yes, me, although, and, me and my husband. Although with the cost of living, I definitely have proposed to, to these two best friends of mine that if they need help with the mortgage payment and they have a, a spare room, that I will pay rent and deal with their, their dog, who is a mess. <laughs> She's a mess, but she loves you. Yeah. She adores you. I love her too, but I don't let her get away with stuff. Which is good. You shouldn't. A lot yeah. of people are just like, oh, I guess this is what's happening. And I'm like, <sighs> no, no, don't let her do that. She's not supposed to, and she knows she's not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, because dogs are hard. But okay. she's a sweetheart. Anyway. So it's a haunted house. It's a house that kills people. It's a house that opens up to a gateway to hell. It's an R.L. Stein novel. Ooh, I never read Goosebumps. Oh, no. I didn't read Goosebumps. I read his books for, like, teenagers. Terrifying. You're brave. The reason to this day that I will not stick my hand anywhere near a garbage disposal, even if it's unplugged. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How do you unplug a garbage disposal? Oh, it's under the sink. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Or it's, like, in your breaker. It's, yeah. Like, when you're cleaning your oven, you're supposed to, like, turn it off. Like the, the breaker. Cleaning your oven? Yeah. You're not on cleaning TikTok? Nope. I should be. <laughs> hey, guess who is on TikTok now? Hey! Us! We finally, well, I finally Emma figured it. out, I finally figured out how to make some uh, little mini videos. Um, a couple more should be coming out soon. I'm trying to find some fun snippets from our previous episodes. So if you have a little anecdote that you would like us to caption and add cute uh, photos or stickers to, let me know. Um, you can email that to us at thispodcastdoesn'texist at gmail.com. And where can they follow us on TikTok, Emma? They can follow us at thispodcastdoesn'texist because we are here for... Rant consistency! <laughs> Absolutely. So that's exciting. We currently have about 400 views. Wow! Look yeah. at us go! I know. I'm very, I'm very happy about Share it. Share it with all your friends. Please do. We're fun and funny. Or at least we think so. 
You should think so, too. I hope you think so. Otherwise, this is really painful for you to sit through. Well, this this one might be painful for you to sit through, Shannon. I was referring to the audience. Though. No, I At know. least, hopefully, my emotional distress is entertaining for people. I'm nothing if, if not a consummate professional performer, you know? That's fair. You're so far away from me. <laughs> She's leaning back as far as she possibly can. I just, like, roll out the window. <laughs> Backflip. Reverse Spider-Man. Uh, no, that's where the cicadas are. Don't go out there. They can't be more terrifying than whatever the heck you're gonna tell me. We'll find out. Alright, let's get into it. Should I buckle? I think you should. Into what? Let's just say a normal suburban mom car. Okay, so my, my, yeah, your, your car. Your car. Yeah, no, that's true. My Toyota. (laughs) I drive the lesbian aunt Subaru. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Click, click. Click, click. I, that was, I for some reason needed to repeat that. (laughs) Are you also buckled in? I guess I should, actually. Click, click. Okay. Today, Shannon, we are going to talk about the case of The Watcher. Shannon is trying to go through her inner Rolodex. <laughs> no, I think I think I read about this briefly in a BuzzFeed like listicle. I'm sure you did. Because I have been using them to generate ideas. Same. So. All right. Westfield, New Jersey, seemed like the of perfect. Of course, it's New Jersey. It is. Uh, okay. Westfield, New Jersey, seemed like the perfect old small town for a family of five in 2014. But is something sinister lurking just beyond a window shade? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) What if it was just like, no, they all became best friends. (laughs) Everything was fine. Everyone, like, like, review, subscribe. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) No, you're stuck now. Sorry. Well, actually, you're stuck, Shannon. (laughs) Everyone else, you can leave if you want to, but please don't. (laughs) All right, so the town of Westfield, New Jersey, sits an hour outside of bustling Manhattan. It's only about 6.7 square miles in total, which is not very much, um, but is filled to the brim with beautiful Victorian-style homes, a mom-and-pop kind of downtown scene, and affluent to the hilt. Home prices today start at about $890,000, which is basically equivalent to owning a two-bedroom apartment in a nice neighborhood here in D.C. Yeah, this is already a terrifying episode. Right? (laughs) When I read that, I was like, oh my gosh. That's like lowest on the scale, too. That's where they start. Gentrification. Homes around around Westfield, New Jersey can sell for like almost $2 million. It's bananas. It is bananas. Regardless of the look of the town, it seems that in every generation, something bad occurs in a place where everyone thinks it couldn't happen here. So, let's talk about this family of five. In the late spring of 2014, Derek Broadus and his wife Maria closed on their 1.35, that's how you say that, right? When it's in millions? Yeah. $1.35 million home at 657 Boulevard. The street is just named Boulevard. Okay. I thought you were going to be like, it's 657 AM. No. <laughs> like, That's very, very specific. specific. <laughs> no. Um, and we're planning a $100,000 renovation, which is extreme. <laughs> The home, built in 1905, was on the street in town. It used to be the home of the town mayor and many other socialites throughout the years. The Broadduses were so excited to finally be able to afford the home of their dreams to raise their three children in. Did they have to sell their fourth child to afford it? Right? (laughs) Like, how on earth do you make this much money? You only need one kidney. I thought you were going to say, you only need one kid, says the, says the only child. <laughs> I mean, no comment. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Liam. <laughs> Liam. Shout out to Liam. Oh, yes. Shout out to Liam. He gave us, well, he gave me for my birthday, this brand new microphone that we're using today. 
um, and I'm very excited about it. Let us know if it sounds any better than our original setup. I also completely barricaded us into this room with blankets, and uh, I tried to soundproof it as much as I could because the cicadas are incredibly loud outside, um, and I wanted to make sure that we were not over, you know, over overheard. That's not what I meant. Overheard by the cicadas. They're missing. <laughs> Drowned out is what I meant by the They cicadas. could at least subscribe. Jeez. Yeah, really. Oy. So Maria grew up in Westfield, her new home only blocks away from her childhood one, where her family still lived. Oh. Derek was from a working class family in Maine and had finally made his way up in the insurance company ladder to senior vice president. So he actually now has a salary that is going to be able to help them afford this place, which is what, you know, instigated this. The house was purchased just after Derek's 40th birthday, and the kids were excited about the fact that Santa would have to choose one of the three fireplaces to come down at Christmas. Tell me you're rich without <laughs> telling me you're rich. But I find that kind of cute that the the three kids are like, it's gonna be this one. No, oh, it's gonna be this one. As a parent, I would have been like, well, he's gonna bring your presents down this one. Like, yeah. there's three of you, there's three chimney. I don't know. Yeah. So three days after the Broadduses closed on their house and started their renovations, because they were going to do their renovations before they moved in, oh, which, okay. I mean... With all the renovation TikTok that I watch, I'm like, no, you can definitely do it while you still live there. But I think that they were going to, like, gut the kitchen and, like, uh, all that kind of yeah. stuff. So they wanted to make sure that things were livable before they had three children running around Well, and if you can afford a house that's ex that expensive, you can probably also afford to live somewhere else while you do it. Yeah, right? So. so while they were starting the renovations, they received a note. Derek was at the house at around 10 p.m., cleaning up from the contractors who had been in that day. He decided to go down and grab the mail before he left. He found a white envelope thrown in with the random bills. It was addressed in block black letters to the new owner, and obviously had just been placed in their mailbox with the normal junk mail. Derek assumed that it was from a neighbor welcoming them to the neighborhood. The letter was typed, not handwritten, and as Derek read the letter, he began to see that it wasn't just a friendly neighborhood hello. So now I'm going to try and read this in my best even-toned creeper voice, so I apologize. How's that any different from your normal voice, Emma? <laughs> Sorry, I, mean, I deal with anxiety through humor. <laughs> so the letter read, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk, bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. I asked the woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. Signed, The Watcher. How'd I do? 
I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> you did very well. Thank you. You have a a, a blossoming career in creepiness. <laughs> Isn't that what this podcast is for me? Put that on the merch. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, so. Derek immediately goes on high alert, as I would too. Like, okay, good. My you gosh. You were just like, oh, this is weird. No. Since it was dark out, Derek raced around the house, turning off every light and drawing every curtain and shade that he could. He then grabbed his phone and called the Westfield Police Department. An officer came to check it out, and when he arrived and read the letter, he said WTF, like, fu- like full out, like, not the abbreviated WTF. He, like, fully... <laughs> Fully swore. But with Jersey, like, what the? Yeah. So the officer asked Derek if he had any enemies, which to me, I'm just like. <laughs> You've watched I, a lot of Law and Order. Yeah, I really like, I really like the image of him looking at it, holding it, and then looking up and being like, so do you have any enemies? Like, <laughs> who would write this? Um, and Derek replied, no. Like, why would, why would I have enemies? Like, No. The officer then shrugged and suggested that Derek move some construction equipment from the back porch so that no one would escalate from letters to breaking and entering. So, like, he moved the equipment inside. Derek then went back to his old home where his wife and kids were in bed. He showed Maria the note, and they decided to email Andrea and John Woods, the couple who sold them the house, because they were mentioned in the letter to ask if they had any idea who their watcher was or why he would mention them. Andrea responded the next day. Oh, sorry. In the letter when they were like, the woods. I know. I, I was like, to... oh, like the trees. No. Got it. <laughs> I, I wanted like, to do like a side note. in the universe. Like... Yeah, I wanted to do like a side note, but I was like, but then it breaks it and it like. Okay, yeah. we got it. The woods are the, fa- got it. Yeah, okay. the woods were the couple that owned the house before that sold it to, uh, Maria and Derek. So, Andrea, the wife, responded the next day, saying that in the 23 years they had lived there, they hadn't received a letter of that kind at any point until a few days before they fully moved out. Now, in this neighborhood, there aren't, like, for sale signs on people's front lawns. You just have a realtor who knows who's selling and who's not. Like, you Mm -hmm. file with a realtor. Um, And so offers on the homes would go through like the realty office and that's how they would be sold. I mean, that's how houses are sold anyway, but it isn't that like you would be driving down the street and you would see a for sale mm-hmm. sign. Um, and the woods hadn't really like they had their friends in the neighborhood, but it wasn't like they told all of their neighbors were moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's weird that they weren't even fully moved out before the watchers sent them a letter. Mm-hmm. So it mentioned that the watcher had been observing the house for a long time and thanked them for taking care of it. But Andrea didn't feel that the letter was threatening and just thought of it as odd and tossed it away. It was signed the watcher. If it's signed, like, and it's not anything you recognize. Mm-hmm. Why like would you throw- a friend or right? like a neighbor. Why would you throw it? I've been watching your house for some time now. Thank you so much for taking care of it. In what world is that non-threatening? Uh, <laughs> I like that. That's your thought. That's that's Shannon's thoughts on the on the on the topic. Boop boop. All right. So that same day, the Woods and Maria all went to the police station, where Detective Leonard Lugo warned Maria not to mention the letter to any of her neighbor neighbors, as they were all now suspects. Which, fair, absolutely, mm-hmm. great, gonna do that. As the weeks passed, Maria and Derek were now in a mode of constant paranoia. Constant I- vigilance. <laughs> what? Mad-Eye Moody. Oh! (laughs) Get your random reference on your bingo card. (laughs) Even though Emma didn't get it. I didn't. I haven't seen those movies in a really long time. We did a -a Potter-thon, like, all day. That makes sense to me. Um, Like, every winter break in college. And, like, maybe an occasional summer break. So, I also haven't seen them in in a couple years. Because it got to a point where I had seen them so much. 
Yeah, I think I've only ever seen every Harry Potter movie once. I know. She's what? looking at me like I'm crazy. But it I I've read the books five times. That's fair. I haven't touched a book in like a long time. It's on my it's on my list to, to do a reread slash a re listen this year. They were my sanity books in grad That's school. Cool. Um which if y'all need like, you know, sanity books, I, I suggest, highly suggest children's novels, like elder children's novels and like YA books because they're easy to like devour, but they also it feels accomplished and you feel great afterwards. Artemis Fowl, you guys. Yeah. They got real weird towards the end, but I was fully committed, so. Yep. All right. Any time that Maria and the kids, ages 5, 8, and 10, were at the house, Maria would make sure to keep a close eye on them and yell to them if they strayed too far in the yard. And the yard is pretty large. This is a very large plot of land. Um, Derek canceled a work trip to make sure that Maria and the kids were never alone for too long at the house. Full-on dad mode. According to The Cut, when Derek was giving neighbors a tour of the renovations, he froze when the wife of the couple said, it'll be nice to have young blood in the neighborhood. Let it be said that there's other kids around. Mm -hmm. So it's an odd thing to say regardless. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, that's a weird way to say it. Like, you know what I mean? I could see being like, oh, it'll be so nice to have, like, youthful energy. Or, or like, kids running around. Yeah. Maybe it's, like, an older, like, generation Maybe. phrase. But I've never heard someone say young blood mm -hmm. without it being, like, slightly creepy. Or the musical artist. Or the song by Five Seconds of Summer. Yeah. It wasn't too long, though. Until another note arrived at the house. No. Sorry. Again typed and addressed to the new owner. This is in part what it said. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. I am pleased to know your names now, and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is very far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Mm -mm. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on, and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now, you are too, Braddis family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, the Watcher incorrectly spelled the Bradus's last name as Bradus, B-R-A-D-D-U-S, when it's supposed to be B-R-O-A-D-D-U-S. So broadest, mm -hmm. um, but it means that they probably had heard it from a neighbor what their last name was, or had heard it themselves and just like mm -hmm. maybe from too far away, and so only got like a little bit of it. Um, it's obvious that they could hear the names of the children, and the reason why we know this is because in the full letter, this excerpt doesn't have the it's not the entirety of mm -hmm. the letter, but in the full letter. For privacy reasons, they got rid of it. 
the Watcher correctly wrote the names and nicknames of all three children in birth order. So it's time to sell your new house and <laughs> move to the country. Right? My gosh. It also mentioned that they saw one of the children sitting painting on her easel, asking if she was the artist in the family. The easel was in the enclosed porch, which is only truly visible from one side of the house. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can see that very easily from the street. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're either walking around the house or they live or frequent one of the houses that faces that mm-hmm. uh, side of, of the Broaddus's house. So after this letter, the Broaddus's stopped bringing the kids to the house at all. Which is sad because I know the kids were like really excited about having a brand new house and it's nice and big and they get to like run around and discuss who, which, which one of the fireplaces Santa Claus comes down. So it's really kind of sad that they're like, nope, 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 nope. Mm-hmm. But totally as a parent, I feel like I would definitely do that. I'd be like, nope, we're, right. nope, you're never coming. But like bold of them to assume that they're going to be able to like catch this person. Right, with you know anonymous I mean? letters, like, yeah, right. Because like... They've been watching the other family for 20 years. And none. none and, not well, I guess none. they didn't know that they were being watched till they were leaving, but. Yeah, and they had all adult children. They were retired mm. scientists when they bought the house. Okay, but does that mean that they were lying to the family when they asked? Because the watcher was like, they sold the house when I asked them to. I mean, maybe, but why do we believe the watcher and not the Woodses? Well, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe. The Watcher just means, like, I metaphysically yeah. influenced them or, exactly. or whatever. I'm ready for young blood. Leave, old people, leave. So, at this point, Derek and Maria didn't know if they even wanted to move in anymore. Fair. Absolutely fair. Another letter came asking, where are you? 657 Boulevard misses you. And... The house is crying from all of the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for the 657 Boulevard, when I ran from room to room, imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father but he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. So now the watcher is saying that he used to be in the house. Mm-hmm. At the very least knew one of the families that used to live in the house in the 1960s mm-hmm. and was like running around. I bet. Mm. that the Watcher's dad was some sort of, like, maintenance man, groundkeeper person, and would, like, bring his kid to work, and now the Watcher is also in that. Because then, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like people have a tendency to just visually glaze over, one, people in uniform, but two, people who, like, seem to be doing something that makes They're sense. They're doing their job so, or like, whatever. You know, I could just see, you know, you see some guy with, like, a leaf blower going around yards or whatever. You're not going to look twice at him, but, like, he could be looking at your enclosed porch. Exactly. That's a very good point. Um, I didn't see too much of looking into people who didn't live there. Mm -hmm. Um, There were a couple, but not very many, but it's so tenuous because it's all very much, like, decades old. Yeah. So the Broadduses soon decided that their paranoia about the house just couldn't justify putting their kids in a position where they were being threatened. Because that's basically what he's doing. I'll call them to me and, you know, all that kind Did of they crap. go down in the basement? Right? I would have immediately been like, nope, nobody touch anything and get out. Like, we're not going anywhere. I don't care. I don't care. Or like... And the basement's like carpeted. It's like a nice basement. Because this house was on Zillow. (laughs) So there's pictures of the inside. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Is that what's going to make you cry? (laughs) That's just so creepy. (laughs) 
<laughs> Shannon's creepy song. <laughs> well, because remember, this is 2014. I know. Like, this is really I recent. I don't like it. <laughs> All right. The police couldn't do anything. Rip it down the walls. There's probably bones inside. <laughs> Baby bones. Bones. Young blood. The house ate them. And then it's hungry. <laughs> Baby bones. By the end of 2014, the minor leads they had received, including DNA on the letter, so on from the envelope, that was from a woman. So they determined that. Um... But it basically led nowhere. Derek and Maria put up the house for sale, but as rumors surrounding the house began to circulate, they got no bites that were reasonable. Most of, like, what they were asking for, they were trying to basically just recoup what they had bought the house for, Mm -hmm. which was above asking price to begin with. And so they got offers that were, like, half of what they were asking. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we can't, like, that, we can't justify that just Mm -hmm. to get rid of this house. We have to recoup at least some of our money, Mm because that's a lot of, because otherwise they'd be basically losing out on a house house and and, and the money that they need to support their three children. Right. Instead, after years of not being able to sell off the property, they rented the six-bedroom home in 2017. And it all seemed to be going fine, until two weeks after the new renters arrived, another, seemingly more threatening, letter appeared in the mailbox. Violent winds and bitter cold. To the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria, you wonder who the watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. And three exclamation points. (laughs) Very aggressive. It also said, You are despised by the house, the Watcher won. Now, the reason that this is all in pieces is because there's no full, like, listing of the letters. Mm Because there's no full pictures of the letters anywhere. Um, So, I, I didn't know necessarily where to put certain things. So there are paragraphs that are kind of off of mm-hmm. where they where they're supposed to go so maybe they're before something that i've already read or maybe they're after or going mm-hmm. somewhere in between so i apologize if some of it doesn't make sense the renter was mentioned in the letter and there was a string of potential revenge in many forms if they tried to tear down the house or split the lot which was an idea to recoup some money maybe a car accident maybe a fire Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. Sorry, I freaked myself out with the bones break part. The renter, though spooked, got assurance from Derek that cameras would be installed again. They had been installed before, as the Broadduses toyed with living there, um, to see if they could capture anybody dropping anything in their mailbox, and they never did. Um, So they took the cameras off when they rented it, and thinking that they were the subject of Mm -hmm. all of that, and then they were like, all right, we'll put them back up. Um... Since this letter, the Broadduses have rented the property another time before finally selling the house in 2019 at a loss of $301,000. That sounds weird to say out loud, but, like, they they lost a lot of money on it. 
The new owners have declined to comment on the house's creepy history and have not mentioned any letters being received. They've basically said, we don't want to talk to anybody. Like, don't, no. We just bought this house because we like the house. Leave us alone. So, the Broadduses had a very difficult go of it with legal issues, and the lack of evidence in the case of who the Watcher was was no help. The police were unable to track anyone down, though they had some suspects. They just never panned out more than rumor or suspicion. Since they couldn't live in the house and had sold their previous one, they had to move into Maria's family's home while still paying the mortgage and taxes on the $1.3 million Boulevard house. Which is an insane amount of money that you're losing. And Derek said that he, during the winter, had to go to 657 Mm -hmm. and... Like, no one's living there. It's just sitting there empty. And he had to, like, uh, shovel the driveway of snow just mm-hmm. in case maybe a renter finally would show up in a week. Um, and then would have to go back to his in-law's house and shovel the snow there, too. And he was like, it was just, it felt so degrading to be like, this could have been my home. Mm-hmm. And I could be doing this for real for, you know, mm-hmm. my kids and my wife to go to work and school and stuff. They had also filed a lawsuit against Andrea and John Wood, the previous owners, for not disclosing the letter that they had received from the Watcher, hoping to receive some kind of justice for the emotional and psychological harm. The case was dismissed, for lack of evidence, and they were stacked with legal fees. So, yes, they had received a letter, but it wasn't something that they thought would affect the Broadduses, so why would they have mentioned Mm -hmm. it? That kind of thing. The town planning committee of Westfield also made it hard for the Broadduses. Their property lawyer had suggested, in order to make up for their apparent loss on the home, to sell the lot, which was one of the largest in Westfield, to a developer who could split the lot and build two homes. The problem was that they needed an exception from the committee to allow the lots to be shy of a few feet that the city required. Or the town required, not city. Um, So the 70 square feet Not 70 square feet. 70 whatever. The amount of space, they were short a couple feet, and Mm -hmm. uh, for for both of them, if they were to actually split them. Um, So they needed a committee to say, yep, that's fine. Which I don't really get. I didn't know that you had to do that. But I guess property lines are a thing. Mm -hmm. The committee refused, although they allowed the same thing to happen a few years later for a lot down the street. And the Broadduses were really upset about that. Because they still live in Westfield. Mm-hmm. Which, if it were me, I would have been like, bye, like, I don't want to stick around. Many neighbors and residents of Westfield didn't believe the Broadduses, even if they had never met them. Online forums and, fa- and Facebook were strewn with speculations and accusations, most of which were unfounded and pure rumor. Many of these more vocally adversarial neighbors received their own mysterious letters in their mailboxes from a friend of the Broadduses. Eventually, when prodded by a reporter, Derek admitted to being the friend. He said he just couldn't deal with the scrutiny and the suspicion anymore, especially online, and his kids were being bullied at school for it, so he wanted it to stop. He thought scaring them the way that he had been scared would do that. So he, like, completely went full watcher and was just like, I'm going to write my own anonymous mm-hmm. letters to try and get these people to stop being mean to me. But okay, it doesn't but seem like a great idea. Well, well, yeah, that's very true. But also, like, what do they get out of making it up? Like, yeah, they get news coverage, but they're still out of house and, like... And a crap ton of money. You know, like... Nobody wants attention that bad. Yeah, but that is one of the very first theories that people came up with, um, that the Broadduses themselves were responsible for the letters and that it was just a complete hoax. The thought was that they wanted to find a way to get out of the buyer's contract without having to pay out because mm-hmm. they had, you know, they, they've they signed this contract and then they were like, oh, that's way too much money. We can't afford this mortgage. Let's find a way to get out. A lot of people in town believed this theory and that the Broadduses had gotten it over their heads with one of the oldest and nicest houses in Westfield. However, with all of the debt they accrued while not living in the house and legal fees, doesn't make much sense that they would have sent themselves the letters to begin with. 
Mm-hmm. When you sign a contract for a house, if there is not a stipulation within it that says that you, you know, if this happens or up to this date or whatever says you can get out of it with no cost to you, like, buying out of a contract is not difficult. Mm-hmm. So it feels weird to me that they would be like, well, let's just set up this thing. And- right. Or, like, if that was the initial intent, once it became apparent that it wasn't going to work, like, you Why might continue? as well just have been like, okay, we're brave, we're gonna live here, and then, oh, it, nothing else happened, because it was us the whole time. Like, yeah. You know? Rather yeah. than just, like, they, yeah. It was, it, it's, it's weird to think of it in that way, and then have them go, like, well, I guess we'll just leave and yeah. not live in the, if, if, if it's, it's very weird. They wouldn't weird. commit to the bit that hard. Right? There's no reason to. So it also didn't make much sense to do so to the renters, to like send a letter to the renters. Mm-hmm. Because if they couldn't get out of the contract by then, what, what does it benefit them? Right, they need the do, income. Exactly. So, the family's history in the town also didn't match up with this idea that they did this as a hoax. Maria's family had lived there for, like, over, I think it was, like, over 30 years. Mm -hmm. And she grew up there. And then her and Derek had lived there for the better part of a decade. Like, there was no... They had already lived in Westfield. They were already residents of Westfield. They just decided right. to buy a different house. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just weird. It doesn't really make any sense to do that. Well, and it's weird. It's not like... This is beside the point of like, oh, it was them doing it. But if the watcher is someone else, it's not like they're outsiders. Because I could see that being like, oh, you're some hotshot from L.A. that came and bought one of our oldest homes we don't like you but it's like you said like they're around yeah and one of the and i didn't put it in here because it was one of those tangential pieces that didn't really fit anywhere in one of the letters but in one of the letters it says are you one of those transplants from hoboken hey hoboken so it's interesting to me and i think that was in the very first letter Mm. so it's interesting to me that at first they don't know who these people are Right, well, because they've only been watching the one house. Some of they haven't been watching the whole That's town. That's true. But if they're part of the town too, the fact that they don't know Maria's family who lived two blocks away, mm-hmm. like this is not a big town at right. all, and it is a very wealthy town, which means that everyone is involved in the tiniest, minutest things. Mm-hmm. Minutest? Don't know if that's a word. Don't Most think it minute. is. Most minute things. So. It's weird that they wouldn't know who, at the very least, who Maria is. Mm -hmm. But, anyway. They also had the DNA from the envelope, and they Mm -hmm. tested it against Maria. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't her. It wasn't even close. So, if she wasn't a match, then the likelihood of them being responsible was very low. I have a theory, but I'm going to wait. Okay. The second theory is that it was a disgruntled buyer who lost out on the house that sold for way over asking price. However, this doesn't seem to fit either, as the surveillance of the home seemed consistent and more personally threatening, meaning someone would have to be around the house often, not from another town or elsewhere in Westfield. So it would have had to have been, like, someone who was consistently listening out for and watching out for stuff happening at the house. It's not like they were outside all the time. Mm-hmm. The third theory was that it was one of the neighbors. Very popular theory. Mm-hmm. There were a few options, including the couple who came to visit and see the renovations. The DNA, however, did not match the wife who said young blood. So mm-hmm. it's probably just an old biddy who thinks that she's funny. Mm-hmm. There was a family who lived next door to the home. And they had a pretty good view of the yard and the enclosed porch where one of the daughters had painted. The house next door belonged to Peggy Langford, who was 90, and some of her adult children who lived with her, Mm -hmm. all in their 60s. The family had lived there since the 1960s, which made them one of the oldest families in the neighborhood. The youngest son, Michael Langford, was Derek's suspect. He's in his 60s, but he's 
you know, mm-hmm. he would have been a kid in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they met at a barbecue across the street from 657 a few days after the first letter. Derek found him odd, and the other neighbors, though they saw him as benign, thought of him as a Boo Radley character. So kind of standoffish, a little aloof, a little weird. He didn't work. Um, he just stayed at home with his 90-year-old mom, which in my mind means that he was her primary caretaker. Um, but I don't know for sure. Michael was taken in for questioning, but denied knowing anything about the letters. Detective Lugo, who was still on the case, thought that the narrative that Michael told seemed to match the letters, but with no admission of guilt and no evidence, there was nothing they could do to hold him. And there was the DNA. The thought, they thought that one of the women in the Langford house could have licked the envelope for him in on it with him. His sister, Abby Langford, was a real estate agent, so the thought was that maybe she was upset at losing a great commission right next door. Again, however, DNA tests of each of the women, including the 90-year-old mother, came back as not a match. Man. Yeah. There were some other tentative leads on other neighbors, but nothing seemed to match or pan out or go any further than suspicion or circumstance. So that's basically the end of it. Derek is still kind of on the case. They still live in Westfield, Mm -hmm. um, and the kids are still being bullied at school, although I think the oldest is, like, in high school now, so it might be a little bit easier. And Mm -hmm. now that the house is sold, they're kind of, like, not attached to it anymore. Um, But the main source that I use for this was an article from The Cut, which is a part of New York Magazine. And it was very in-depth, and the reporter met with and talked with Derek and Maria about all of this because he, you know, was trying to get all as much of the real source as he could, and there was nothing about him, uh, nothing about them to him that seemed disingenuous. Like, they were genuinely scared out of their minds about this whole situation. So. The Watcher was not the only spooky thing to happen in Westfield. So the first one of these is lighthearted. The Adams family cartoonist and creator Charles Adams grew up in the area. Hmm. The homes in Westfield were the perfect mix of Victorian intricacy and creepy old home, so the inspiration for his cartoons may have come from the houses he lived near. When his cartoon came out in The New Yorker in the late 1930s, the popular creepy family was beloved instantly, eventually turning into a 1950s-60s television show, a 1970s cartoon TV show, and a movie series in the 2000s. It is also now a musical. Yes. And they're, um, they're making a Netflix show about Wednesday Addams. Yay! I loved The Addams Family when I was a kid. Like, I used to watch the actual, like, 1950s Addams Family. Yes. <laughs> Snaps. Um, there was also a, a prayer, like a dinner prayer, that my friends used to, because uh, when we lived on base, there were these friends that I had in, like, I think it must have been third grade. And uh, her and her family had this prayer that they sang to the tune of the Adams Family theme. But it was like, uh, oh, I can't even remember it now. But it was something like, we thank God for this food and da 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 Yeah. Um, which I found hilarious because I was like, I know the actual words to this song. <laughs> but I don't know the prayer. So it was just like making snaps. And they're like, we don't do that. I'm like, but then why do you sing it? <laughs> like, Yeah. But... It's also, I find it a very cute musical. It's not, like, brilliant, but it's also not awful at all. Like, it's really well done, so Mm -hmm. I like it. And now for some sadder things. In 1959, a Westfield mother killed her 17-year-old son by stabbing him to death in their kitchen, then tried to kill herself, but failed. And apparently that's the end of that. Okay. Yep, and there have been other various deaths and or kidnappings that have happened, but there aren't enough, like, it's not like it happens every year. It's like every, like, decade, at least one. Every year on June 17th. Yeah, right. Um, However, the next is probably the most notable deaths to have happened in Westfield. 
On November 9th, 1971, John List came home mm. and shot his mother, wife, and three children in their Westfield home, a beautiful mansion known as Breeze Knoll. He left a note for his Lutheran pastor that explained that he wanted to save his family from the embarrassment that would come from losing their home, as he had lost his job and couldn't pay the mortgage or for his family's lifestyle, and that he felt his family members were moving further and further from God, and so decided that killing them that wouldn't endanger their place in heaven. And then he disappeared. The home itself went up in flames nine months after the murders. The land was auctioned off to a newspaper publisher, Kurt Bauer, who built a, ho a house on the property. There were a lot of different kinds of theories about why it was up in flames. Like they thought maybe John List came back and burned it to the ground, or it was Satan worshippers, or it was, you know, neighborhood kids just being stupid and someone flicked a cigarette and it just, you know, whoosh. Um, but there's no known reason for why it went up in flames. And also, Kurt Bauer, his brother, was also a newspaper publisher, and his wife killed him about a year after John List, mm. and then killed herself. So there was a lot of stuff attached to this area that was a bit like, wow, you guys are really John List, John List was the one where it was like, he lost his job, but then they had like a Tiffany window, right? Yeah, the window above the front door was a Tiffany window, which would have paid off all of his debts and kept and would have paid off their mortgage with no issue. Also, you can just move to a smaller house, you guys. Right? Being or I think it was slightly a, less wealthy is not that embarrassing. I think it was actually a chandelier and not a window. Oh. But regardless, it something. was Tiffany. It was, it was something a house Tiffany with a glass. Ballroom. Maybe yeah. move to a house without a ballroom and see if that helps at all. I mean, that's where he did leave all of them. I know, so. but like, uh, murder's just not the answer, you know? Murder's. Let this be a PSA to you murder is never the answer. Please call. <laughs> please if call you our are hotline. Feeling murderous. <laughs> please call please our call hotline at 911. Yeah. Oh, God. So, List was found 18 years after the murders under a new identity. He and his new wife were watching America's Most Wanted on <laughs> TV one night in their Colorado home, and his face showed up. He turned himself in and died in prison in 2008 for the murders. I find it funny that if you know that you have killed people... You're like, yeah, let's watch America's Most Wanted. Okay, but imagine the terror that woman must have felt just sitting, you know what I mean? I don't want and to. Then, like, I don't want to because if it, it, the instant that I see his face on the screen and I turn and look at him and go, that looks like you, ha ha ha, and he goes, yep, sure does. Or do you just, I am now scared that he's going to kill me. Or do you just not acknowledge it? Or I wonder if it's, like, cognitive dissonance that, like, in your head you're like, <laughs> Of course it's not you. You're like, that looks so much like him. Isn't that weird? Anyway, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the logistics of, like, whether or Let's not she was her. like, Hey, um, you should turn yourself in. Or if she was like, peace out, I'm She's leaving like, you. I'm going to go visit my sister for a little while. <laughs> don't reason. call me bye <laughs> yeah so luckily he's gone so bye. we don't need to worry about him no more and now for pop culture because of course that is just that's part of this there you go so there is a movie called the watcher but it's not what you think and it's actually a movie i really want to see Released in 2000 and starring Keanu Reeves, James Spader, and Marissa Tomei, the story follows a retired FBI agent living in Chicago, being stalked and tormented by a serial killer who wants to continue the rapport they once had with a game of mouse kills a ton of women while the cat tries to find him. Such a catchy title. Yeah. Um, Keanu Reeves plays the serial killer. Oh no! Keanu! <laughs> That's why I want it. Oh, I because, don't. Oh, because I just, he's always the, like, hero in all of the movies I've ever seen him in, 
Except maybe in Much Ado About Nothing, where he's the evil dude, but, like, I, re- I want to see him be evil. No. Like, he's, I, he can't be good at it. <laughs> Is that um, bad to say? No. I love him too much. <laughs> I love him. I love him. Also, young Marissa Tomei, like, I mean, she's beautiful in any age, but, like. Isn't she Peter Parker's aunt? Yeah. What do you mean a young one? She's like twenty in the in the Spider Man movies. Not actually. But Not she actually. Looks I was gonna say she's like fifty because <laughs> he looks like he's twelve. Yeah. Um, this movie came out fourteen years before the first Watcher letter, letter arrived at the Broadus's mailbox. Oh, so maybe this is inspiration, mm. and that might explain the like threatening aspect of it, or like the "you brought the young blood to me" thing mm. about it. Um. But it is weird. I think, honestly, that the reason why this person called themselves the Watcher is because they're like, I watched House. I am Watcher. I am Watcher. Rather than like, I watched this movie and now I am the Watcher. Like, no, I don't think that's how it works. Um, There is a 2016 movie more directly inspired by the case, which is also called The Watcher, which I feel like should have been, it should have been changed. Like, I don't know how many movies there are out there that all have the same name but it feels a little funky which is about the, a family who doesn't know that the house that they bought has a sordid history and they are like wanted out by the house the rights to the story of the watcher were bought by netflix in 2019 so yeah. the broadduses may finally make some money off of the horror that they went through oh. and it means that there is a movie coming out from netflix that will be a horror movie about the watcher Y'all have fun with that. And we're done. Alright, you want to know my theory? Yes, I do. So the Watcher's a woman. At least yes. whoever licked the envelope is a woman. I feel like it's some Susan Karen type person on the Homeowners Association that is pissed that they're taking a historic home and, like, changing it up. And that's, that's who it was. But I find it interesting, too, because it's not as if the Broadduses were the first people to renovate the home. But I think because, I think they may have poked the bear a bit more than they knew that they did by doing renovations right before they moved in. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... It doesn't explain why Andrea and John Wood got a letter. I'm also mad that nobody has gotten into the walls. Well, we don't know that. We don't know if anyone hasn't gotten into the okay, walls. Okay, but then they haven't reported about it. Because I want to know. I, I just, they made such a point to be creepy about it. Also, the basement. I feel like there must be some sort of, like, secret passageway into the basement where this creepy person could, like, lure the children. <gasps> oh, my God. And, like, take them out of the house. What if the person who was dropping the watcher letters was in the house? They were in the house the whole time! <laughs> the letters are coming from inside the house! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I am... I am kind of sorry, but this isn't as creepy. Uh, see, I thought it. I thought you were going to tell me that they opened up the walls and there were like animal bones and t- baby toys and things, but no, you didn't. At least so far as I know, that has not happened. I feel like they would have talked about it if it had happened. Uh, yeah, I feel like they would have too. So you get. I don't want to say you get a pass, because that'll just embolden you for the next time. Well, I already have what my next one is, but I don't think that it's creepy. I think it's just sad. But it is still a mystery. (laughs) Isn't that our brand? It's (laughs) creepy and sad. It's not creepy. It's just kind of sad. Do you want to see the house? Oh, yeah. Can we look at the Zillow photos? Yeah, let's look at the Zillow photos. OMG. Because I love those TikToks too that are like, look at this seemingly normal house, and then it's like a <laughs> yeah. county jail in the basement, or, or like the one with the witch's stairs. 
with the, like, there's one, like, block of a stair on one side, and then it, like, rises up, and there's another block of a stair on the other side. Did you not see that one? I have not seen that. Oh, it was, like, supposedly that people would put these types of stairs in their house in order to make it so that no witch could be able to walk up the steps, because for some reason, like, like, you know how vampires for some reason like to (laughs) And vampires have OCD because they have to count everything before they come in a door. That's why cinnamon brooms exist in the South. Okay, apparently I know way too much about this. Shannon no, is looking at me like, what the hell? <laughs> All right, so cinnamon brooms are, like, they smell cinnamony. Like, they're made out of, like, cinnamon bark. Uh-huh. But um, they have, like, they look they look like a regular little broom. They're kind of like mm-hmm. tiny brooms. I know that you've seen one. You just haven't known what it is. Sure. Um, and the reason that they were made initially was to be put outside your door and... Because there's folklore about vampires having OCD and needing to count everything, which makes... Now I'm just realizing the count from from Sesame Street <laughs> makes so much sense. Oh my gosh, they're so smart! I've literally never heard this about <laughs> oh vampires. Oh my gosh, yeah, it, but it, apparently that's, like, a thing that they would do, or you would leave, like, um, corn scattered in front of your door, or, like, rice scattered in front mm. of your door. And they would have to count it. And because it would take them so long to count it, the sun would rise and they would either, like, burn up or run away. Um, But that's why you would have a cinnamon broom, because you wouldn't necessarily be able, because there's thinner pieces and thicker pieces, so there's a lot of, like, strands in it that Mm. would have to be counted. Very Phantom Toll Booth. Yeah, I'm halfway through that. Hmm. Yeah, a suggestion from my father-in-law. It's a good one. Good job, Todd. Todd, Todd, Todd. All right, so let's look inside the house. Um, I have posted, or will have posted, um, the outside of the home on Instagram. But in the show notes, it there is a little piece that says inside the house, and it's the pictures of inside the house. So you can definitely go there. So this is one of the bedrooms. Oh, how nice. This is the basement. Mm. So see that it's carpeted? And, like, it's got a low ceiling and it's got, like, regular basement piping and stuff. But it's, like, pretty nicely it's painted and maintained. Basement, yeah. yeah. which isn't necessarily something that you would have in 1960 or, like, 1905, when, like, to keep your house originally historical. So it feels weird to me that they would be like, you're changing the house. And I'm but like, well, it obviously maybe, has been changed. But also maybe the watcher can't get into the basement so they wouldn't know because <gasps> there, there aren't windows. Unless they're living down there. Nope. This is the view of the front door from the inside. So there's, mm-hmm. like, a cute little bay window and then, like, stairs that go up all the way. Mm-hmm. I wonder where the... No, I don't care about the... It's like, look at other weird houses, like the Winchester Mystery House. Mm-hmm. I've already done that. Let me see if I can find the actual Zillow listing. I also liked the Zillow listing that the person who posted the TikTok was like, is this a cult house? Is this because it's like it's super weird? It has all these closets that are ginormous, and there's carpet in the kitchen. What the heck? Yeah, that is a weird. And then thing. someone was like, all the people in the comments were like, "Yeah, it was a television house. <gasps> all the closets are huge for wardrobe, and they carpet kitchens on TV because they never show yeah. the floor so that you don't hear the footsteps. Feet yeah, on the audio. And I was like, oh, I love TikTok. All right, we have it. Mm-hmm. Six beds, four baths, and obviously staged. Like, there's furniture in here, but it's wow. not It's not the Broadduses. Nope. Is there no more? There's got to be more pictures. Apparently not. I bet they didn't want to put up too many photos. I'm sorry. Apparently it is not on Zillow anymore, um, but there are some photos of inside the Watcher House, um... Uh, in the link that I have put in the show notes. So. Thank you. I remember listening to this from uh, another podcast that I listened to. And they did a very good job of making it not creepy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know how to, <laughs> how to translate that into actually being, like, super creepy. But I think I did well. <laughs>
Yeah, I didn't love this. <laughs> but it didn't freak you out as much as, like, Annabelle did. Or, like, Robert the doll. Oh, frickin' Robert. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> My mom also hated that episode. Uh, yeah, she loves that monkey. I... The next time I'm at... That is gonna be a TikTok. The next time at my parents' house, you're going to see the crop circle of Virgin Marys and the infamous monkey. Because that thing just stares at you as you eat breakfast. And I forget. I forget that it is in that one specific mm-hmm. space in that china cabinet because it blends And then in there will be the like back. a lull in the conversation. You'll just glance over and be like, what? <laughs> exactly. Because its eyes are enormous for no particular reason. Just- I feel like I'd be afraid to be, like, down making, like, a, a cup of, like, bedtime tea and you look over and it's just, like, mystery. Right? And it doesn't even have symbols. It doesn't even have symbols and it just found symbols. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> or it found an accordion. And your mom's listening. She's like, no. He's, he's so cute. But it started... With my dad using it to scare her. So this is just her tactic to be like, he can't scare me anymore. It doesn't scare me. Yeah. It definitely still scares her, but she keeps it out of spite. You heard it here first, Ma. Spite is a wonderful motivator for so many things. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, happy Pride Month. (laughs) I love that. There's no through line to this. No, there's no segue. Just happy Pride Go celebrate out of spite. Yay! Go do do something that'll make a 1950s white man mad. Woo! And don't forget to vote. I don't know when this is coming out, but Virginia has an election soon. They do. Look up when your elections are happening. Local ones are important, not just the president ones. Yes. So, vote and stuff. It all starts from the bottom. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Okay. We barely got there, but we're here. We're here. We crawled. We crawled from the depths. We're here. I had a. I had an okay day. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, hope your day is more than okay. If you thought this podcast was okay or better, please leave us a review and a rating and share it and stuff. Please, it really does matter. Like our, I know that we have a very good core of people who do continue listening to us. The squad. Yep. Thanks, Chandler. Thanks, Haley. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks, Ruth. Jordan. Jordan got a bingo. Yes. Jordan Congratulations. got a bingo. Jordan got a bingo. Um, and don't forget Todd. Oh yes, Todd. Todd. My father-in-law. Um, but yeah, share it with with everybody, you guys. We really want to haunt people while they're alive. Or at least I do. I think Shannon's more okay with being alive. That came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I do enjoy being alive. It's a little, uh, you know, life is aggressive sometimes, but I prefer it. <laughs> For it the record. Out, it came out a lot If anyone is watching or listening. Right. Uh, for the record. <laughs> for the record. We're both fine. Like, nothing's wrong. But it was just came out of my mouth wrong. All right. Well, on that note, bye, you guys. We love you. Remember. This podcast <laughs> doesn't exist. What are you doing with your arms? Well, I was stretching, and then you looked at me, and I was like, <laughs> what's my line? It's been three weeks since we recorded. I don't want to Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.